This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. This week's exciting four-day message, Hope Can Make Dreams Come True, is Pastor's second major series on the subject of hope. Recently completed, his first six days of messages entitled All About Hope laid a solid foundation defining exactly what hope is and explained its intimate relationship with faith, planning, preparing, and praying in making dreams and desires come true. Unfortunately, as taught in Pastor's last series, even with strong faith and godly hope, life might still become just an experience filled with emptiness, loneliness, and disappointment. He reminds us to always remember that even when our faith is correctly coupled with our hope, that same faith and hope, in order to have a real positive impact on the fulfillment of our dreams, desires, and aspirations, may require determination and patience too. Here's Pastor and more on why overcoming obstacles and distractions is so important in hope making your dreams come true. Luke chapter 10. Let's go there. I've got a, I got a short, shortcut here a little bit. Luke chapter 10. All right. Now, this is a very familiar story to a lot of people about Mary and Martha. I may remember this. I think it's a very good example of, of distractions. And it says in verse 38, is everybody there? Sam, there. Now, as it happened, they, uh, now it happened as they went, that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted, everybody say distracted, with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. So, so Jesus is moving in this company of believers. By the way, just a little thought here, that Martha must have been a very wealthy woman or had some means, because Jesus is traveling with a company of people. She obviously has a house that's big enough to house all these people, and she obviously has enough money to take care of them and to feed them. So she obviously, you know, had some means. And uh, so Martha invites Jesus into the house, and, and uh, Mary, obviously as a follower of Jesus, is sitting in the living room at Jesus' feet, just listening to the word of God, listening to the wisdom that's coming from Jesus. But Martha was distracted by all the work. Let me, can I read this to you out of the Living Bible? I love the way it says. So it says, you know, Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into the home. Her sister Mary sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. Now listen, verse 40. But Martha was the jittery type <laughs> and was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Sir, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, 
You are so upset over all these details, exclamation point. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. Now listen, and I won't take it from her. So Mary, Martha was the jittery type, and a lot of us are like this. See, she was distracted. Mary was putting her attention on the most important things, and I learned something from this, is that the enemy will always try to draw your attention from the more important things and get you to put them on the less important things. And when your attention goes on the less important things, you, you, you walk away from that which is most important, your, your progress is going to suffer. Your advancement is going to suffer. It's going to be held back. You've got to keep your focus on the more important things in life. Number one, your most important thing. Now, now this, this heads up everything. Number one is your walk with God. Your relationship with God. And the Word of God. This is the number one thing. As a matter of fact, you remember in... Um, I lost the verse, but in, in where Jesus he said, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and what you're gonna, where you're going to live. You remember that verse? In, it's, it's in Matthew's. I think it's in Luke's gospel. And then at the end he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then what does he say? And all these things, everybody say things, shall be added unto you. When your attention and your focus is on the things of God, all the things of this world will just show up when you need them. Did you hear what I just said? You, I just told you something. When, you, when your attention is on seeking God and his kingdom, number one, all the things of this world will just show up when you need them. But unfortunately, the devil we, you know, has tricked so many people, put the bones along the side of the road, where so many believers are more like a Martha, where we're taking the whole responsibility in ourselves, so distracted with what we've got to do. Here, it's that, it's that the pressure or the demands of the moment that get us distracted or the busyness of life gets us so distracted that we, we don't pray anymore. We're not, we're not reading the Bible anymore. We're not going to church anymore. We're, we're so distracted and we wonder why we can't get anywhere and why there's a big commotion in our lives and things are working against us instead of working for us. Because our, we've been distracted from the more important things and we, we've, we've allowed ourselves, it's like, I think I've told this story, you've heard all my stories, but I'll tell them all over again, they're my stories. But it's like the family who was believing God for the boat back when I, many years ago, I told you that story and they were praying, we believe God, you know, and they were, they were learning about you know, standing in faith, and they got the boat, and the boat came, and they left. One Sunday comes, they're not there. Two Sunday comes, not there. So finally, by the third time, said, somebody's got to call them. I don't know if I call, I don't remember, but somebody called, and, oh, well, pastor, you know, tell pastor that, you know, the summers are short up here in the Northeast, and we got blessed with this boat, and now we're just using every weekend to go out on the boat, and we're praying on the boat, and you're lying. <laughs> Prayer is the last thing on your mind, and you know it, and I know it, and God knows it too. You're on the boat, you're fishing, and all you're praying for is a big fish and nice weather. Who, who are you kidding? Got distracted and got pulled away from their walk in God, got pulled away from the more important things. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell Mary, uh, trying to tell Martha, is that Mary has got her attention on the right. She's focused. The most important thing is your relationship with the Lord and the Word of God. If that is in focus and that is your priority and that is at the top of the things, the to do list each, each day of your life, then everything else. Everything else is going to show up. 
The work's going to get done. I mean, sometimes I get so busy, I'm dizzy. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and, and they don't leave me alone. It's like I go home to study and I'm in the bring. Uh, we have to order pencils. Do you want red ones, blue ones, or green ones? I don't really care. Just order any color you want. And then, uh, oh, so-and-so called, and, and it's an emergency. You've got to call them right now, right now. You've got to call them right now. It's, it's an emergency. They said it's really important. All right, so call them. Yes, it's Pastor Ray. Can I help you? Oh, yes, Pastor. I just wanted to know, when is the next new members class? <laughs> Couldn't anybody screen that call for me? Well, sometimes you're difficult, though. I have to give them a breath. Got to talk to the pastor. Got to talk to the pastor. Gotta... Why? I'm just fixing some things right here, right now, Lorna. Don't laugh, all right? You know, got to talk to them. Like, do, do I look like Jesus or something? I mean, I mean, I understand if you have a serious problem going on. People call me with the most ridiculous things. You've got to handle these distractions. You can get so darn busy, you get dizzy. And things coming in, and, and you're, you're, not, you're not putting your attention on the more important things. That's what Jesus was trying to teach Mary. He says, you, you so, so the busyness of life, this is one of the distractions that can come your way. Um, so, so how many remember the story? Now, this is a good story, too. How many, uh, we won't read it, but it's Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 25 through 31. Peter and the disciples are in the boat, and Jesus tells them to go to the other side. They get in the middle of the sea, and the wind kicks up. And the clouds, you know, and they're getting tossed around. And all of a sudden, they look out of yonder, and they see what Peter says. He thought it was a ghost. But it wasn't a ghost. It was Jesus walking on the water. Jesus said, fear not, it's me. And Peter, big mouth Peter, but Peter's, you know, got to give him credit, man. Gotta, he was the only one who stood up and said, tell me to come, and I'll come to you. And Jesus took him and said, come on. So Jesus invited him to walk on the water. So Peter gets out of the boat. Let me tell you what, you don't walk on water. You know any humans that walk on water? No, you don't walk on water. So this was a miracle. So he, he, he gets out of the boat and he's standing on the water and he's walking to Jesus. And just as he is walking, the Bible says that the wind blew even harder and the clouds, you know, are, are flashing lightning and thunder is cracking over his head and, and, and the wind is blowing. And it says that he, he got distracted and he looked at the wind and the minute he got distracted and looked at the wind and the waves and the sea, he got his eyes off of Jesus. It says he began to sink. You don't begin to sink when you're standing on water. Try, I want you to go home t today and fill up your bathtub. <laughs> you, you sink. You see, it was faith that got him out of the boat because his eyes were upon Jesus. And it's amazing when you have your focus and your attention on the Lord and on his word, because his word was come. And that's all Peter heard was come. And it was enough for him to get out of the boat and start walking on the water. See, there's a lot of power in focusing on the Lord and his word. A lot of power focusing on the Lord and his word. So he gets up and he's walking on the water and, and, and he sees everything, you know, all the, 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 the clouds and the lightning. And all of a sudden, Faith is starting to drain out. Fear is coming in and he starts to go down slowly. You see, that's how it works. And it all happened because he got distracted by the wind and the waves and the lightning and the thunder. See, that teaches me something. Just because you have some storms in your life, don't let the storms of life distract you from your course. Do not let the storms of life get your attention. 
You've got to learn how to stand above the storms and just walk on them and keep on walking, keeping your eyes focused on the Lord, on the Word of God. God, you brought me this far. You're not going to let me go. You're not going to forget me. You're not going to let me drown. Come on, somebody in this house. Broken concentration, lost his focus, got distracted. Everybody say distracted. There's so many distracted Christians. What, what's distracting you? So here's another one. Let me give you another one, then we'll, we'll finish up with it. Fleshly desires. How many remember the story of a man named David? He was walking on the, on the roof of the palace one night. And he's just gazing around, and he's perusing around the palace roof. And he looks down, and he sees a beautiful woman naked bathing in a tub. And it got his attention. It got him distracted. Pornography. Men, be careful of the porno demon because it will distract you, suck you up, chew you up, and spit you out like dirt. It's a dirty, unclean spirit, and it wants to grab hold of every man. And there are some women that are into it too, but, but men, I think, have a bigger problem with it. want to chew you up and spit you out and make you feel guilty and ashamed and get you so distracted and kill the anointing in your life. David fell to fleshly desires in his life. And he looked upon Bathsheba and she was beautiful and she, he called Bathsheba to himself and he slept with her, impregnated her, and she was pregnant. But Bathsheba had a husband named Uriah. And David devised this whole scheme. You can go read it for yourself. It's in 2 Samuel. David devised this whole scheme and called, called his guards that were out in the front lines and said, take Uriah and make sure that you put him in the most dangerous spot out there and make sure that he, he, he dies. So sure enough, they did as, as the king said and he went out there and he was killed. So David now takes, after, she, after Bathsheba mourns, David takes her as his wife and they have this baby. One day a prophet named Nathan comes walking by and says, oh, David, can I speak to you for a moment? He said, thus says the Lord. And he goes to this whole big thing about how God, how uh, there was this uh, foreigner coming through and there was this man who had this little baby lamb. You can read it for yourself. And, and, and he loved this lamb and he nursed this lamb and it, he, the lamb slept with him. And, and, but this guy came and slaughtered that lamb and wouldn't, you know, and went through this whole big thing. And David rises up and says, who has done this? Whoever has done this, I will make him pay double for doing this. And the prophet looks at him and says, uh, it's you, sir. <laughs> See, your sin will find you out. So David says, oh, I've done a horrible thing. And, and, I, and he repents before the Lord. And he's forgiven of God. But the prophet says, you're forgiven. But unfortunately, the baby's going to die. You see, let me, let me tell you something. Sometimes... Some of these distractions will take you down the road and the path of destruction, fleshly desires. Because even though we get forgiven of the sin, sometimes the ramifications, the things, there are things that cannot be changed. There are things that, that we'll suffer. Even though we're forgiven of the sin, the consequences we're going to have to swallow. The consequences that we're going to have to swallow. And there are too many that are exchanging the good and precious and powerful and awesome things of God for the pollution of this world. I remember one time I was with Dr. Barkley and we were here in Westchester Airport. And this is just a case in point, and, and, and this is public news for years, you know this, but, but, um, about this person. But we were in the, in the Westchester Airport and we we're walking around. He knows a lot about planes because, you know, it's his 
his hobby, I guess, you know, he has his own plane. And so he turns over and he says, right, look at that plane over there. I saw this awesome private jet. I mean, all shiny and beautiful, probably sat about 12 people, big jet. And, and, he, and he says, see that jet right there? I said, wow, that's it. And he started naming some of the specs on it and the whole thing. And, you know, it could go international. And he said, by the way, he said, Jimmy Swagger, that was the kind of jet that he had. And he said, but he exchanged it for a prostitute. Why? Because he got distracted by fleshly desires. Let me tell you what, the enemy wants to set a trap in, you know, in your way a distraction of these fleshly desires to try to pummel you and to kick the snot out of you so that you won't get to your destination. And let me tell you what, in, in, as a result, there may be some consequences. There may be, like for, like for Jimmy Swagger, the consequences were that he lost his ministry and he was never able to recover it. As much as he tried, as much as he repented, and I believe he's repented, and I believe that he's honest before God and before everybody, that he was heartily sorry for what he had done. But sorry isn't good enough. Sorry does not recover the jet and the millions of dollars and the big name and the ministry. It just does not recover it. You're forgiven by God, but you still have to eat the consequences. And, and too many of God's people are getting distracted by these fleshly desires and getting drawn away, and they're missing their destiny. The devil is beating you out because you have, you have bitten the bait. You have been distracted by the things that he's put along your way. I've seen good people get distracted and lose the very blessing of God. They just, if you just stay on course, if you just stay focused, if you just put your eyes on Jesus, if you just keep doing the word, if you just keep on keeping on, you're going to reach your destination. You're going to get there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But the enemy will try his hardest to distract you and to draw you away with everything he's got. Because if you get blessed, like I said before, you've got the testimony. And that's what kicks him in the behind. Because it's the proof of God working in your life. It's the proof that God is alive and God is working. I am the proof today that God is alive and God is working because I have the testimony of what I used to be, where I used to be, how I used to be, and where I am today. And I wouldn't exchange this for all the money in the world. I wouldn't give this. And there are so many compromised Christians out there that have been distracted by the enemy that know better so one of the young fellows there, he said, uh, I was talking to him and he was asking about the church or I, you know, whatever. He went online to look at our website and he says, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, what church do you, you know, what, what, what about, he says, um, yeah, uh, well, I said, what, what, what religion did you grow up in? Because I figure he's got to be denominational. He said, well, well, actually I grew up Assemblies of God. I said, you grew up Assemblies of God? You don't go to church? I said, why don't you go to church? I said, you grew up in Pentecost? He said, mm-hmm. He's standing going, the quiet guy. He said, you grew up in Pentecost and you don't go to church? I said, shame on you. I said, now that I know you grew up in Pentecost and you don't go to church, I'm going to be on your case about going back to church. He said, my mother would be happy about that. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's your mother's prayers that just brought me across your path. It's your mother's prayers. That brought me right here. That's right. Don't give up praying, Mama. Don't you give up. You keep praying. 
because God will bring the right people at the right moment across their path. So I'm just, I'm just gathering all this stuff in my brain, you know, and, but, uh, but you see, a lot of our young people are compromised because they're living, I'm meeting them out in the world. They know better. They're shacking up. They're living together. They're not getting married. They're not honoring God. They're, they're, they're playing house and, and, and they've been, they're distracted by the enticements of the world and of the flesh. That's what happened to David. And David had a disaster. He lost a child over it. That's why, you know, I was having this conversation with another person recently. And, and the same thing. He says, you know, it, it, this, is, this is, you have to understand, if you, if you obey God and you follow God's way, you will be blessed. This is the most frustrating thing for me as a pastor. I know how to teach people to walk in the abundance and the blessings of God. But there are so many that are so distracted by the world and the enticements of the world that they refuse to go God's way. And they wonder why they can't find their way out of a brown paper bag. You see, I'm going to tell you what. When you, when you obey God, it doesn't matter what the economy it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. It doesn't matter if the stock market's up, down, if your neighborhood's going down. God will send somebody to your door to buy your house because you honor him. And that's why the devil wants to get your focus off because he doesn't want these kinds of testimonies. Distractions. What is it that's got you distracted today? What is it that holds you back from being all that God has called you to be? What is holding you back from acquiring your dreams and desires and visions of the future? You're frustrated because you can't do it on your own. You're worried. You're biting your nails at night because there are things you want and you don't know how to get them. And you look at your own and assess your own life and you say, I, it just doesn't match up. I don't know how this is going to happen. I only earn this amount of money. I can only go this far where I am. How am I going to get to that, to that place? I see something bigger. I see something better. I'm going to tell you what. God has a plan and a way to get you where you need to go. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. When, when my life is done and finished and I'm, I'm going, I want, I want it to be said two things about me, that I was a man of love and that I was a man of generosity. Those are the two things that I want to be remembered for more than anything. And I want, I want my family, my nieces and nephews, and, and, and those who live beyond me, I want them to look back on my life and see that being a generous person, putting God first, made me and put me in the position to be able to be a generous person to them and to others. That, to me, is the most important thing. I would want them to know that. That serving God pays. That honoring God pays. So you gotta, you, you gotta be sure you're not distracted. I don't know, we're gonna end right here, but I don't know what it is in your life that prevents you or, or has got you distracted. The enemy's got you sidetracked and you gotta get back on course. Put your eyes back on the Lord, on the Word of God. Get your act together, trust Him. Put the Word into operation. Put these principles into operation. Make them work. Just do them. I'm telling you, they work. They really work. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com.